You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We got fresh frozen <laughs> strawberry margaritas and Terry's bringing us chips and salsa all night long. Nick's hips do not lie. <laughs> yeah, I got a MF wagon. Like, <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat. You can find them wherever your podcasts are downloaded or sold. With me, as always, is Ray Knight. Uh, Johnny, I think this is going to be a great episode. I do. They're going to talk baseball, Johnny. And the baseball is the reason they talk and what they talk about. I think that's important to talk about baseball. And if you're a baseball podcast, you're going to end up talking lots of baseball. Well, that's awesome. Thank you very much, Johnny and Ray. Bob Carpenter with you here. And now, let's start the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 90 of Half Street High Heat. It is a special episode. It's our first of our twice-weekly episodes. We've got a whole bunch of announcements to share with you. But first, let me introduce myself. I am Amanda. You should know that by now. And we've always given out Twitter handles at this point, but we have them all pinned to the main show account, which is at Half Street High Heat. And you can find them there. And we have a whole bunch of new people joining the team. So rather than boring you with everyone's Twitter handles, you can go look them up there. I am joined by my fractious co-hosts, Nick and Ryan. Uh, you should already follow them as well. And uh, we have just a ton of new stuff going on. We are going to two episodes a week. And um, this is our very first Thursday recording episode, which you, or sorry, Wednesday recording, which you guys will hear on Thursday. We also have some new writers joining us. So I will give you their Twitter handles. We have at Holleran MDH, that's H-O-L-L-E-R-A-N-M-D-H, at CKNAME58, CKNAIM58, and at Ryan J. Morris 81, R Y A N J M O R R I S 81. And they're going to be blog contributors for us. Monty's not going anywhere. Um, he's still here too. 
And we have a new content creator, Tyler. You can follow him at at gives zero. Oh, sorry. I'll just spell it because I'm not sure how he would pronounce this. It's give Soto G-I-B-E-S. money. G-I-B-E-S. Oh, give Soto money. I see. I like that. I didn't make the uh, <laughs> connection to that until you just told me. But yes, please do what he says. Give Soto money. So you guys know how to spell that. And um, OPT, who has been our digital media uh, coordinator, has created a new YouTube channel for us, which we are so excited about. It's the uh, rundown, the rundown with Half Street High Heat. And we will have the link for that pinned on the main Twitter account as well. Lots going on, fellas. How you doing? So did you call us fractious because we completely uh, we always divide Nat's Twitter because we're always in the mud? Yeah, something like that. It, it means like unruly, peevish, irritable, quarrelsome or some things that you could. Speaking of irritable, you know where I always get the most irritable and I don't know why. Is it Sunday mornings on Twitter? No, <laughs> although that's <laughs> up there. Uh, the grocery store. Don't know that why. makes you irritable. Yeah, it why? could be. I love the grocery store. I <laughs> don't know why I've grown to be so adverse to it. Like I, it was indifferent. You know, it was just something you do. You go to the grocery store. You need food. You go to the grocery store. Uh, but now I despise it. I absolutely hate it. That being said, though, you know, because again, I'm in Florida for some family stuff, and they don't have Wegmans down here. But they do have Publix. And I am here to say, and I went to school in in, in Coastal Carolina, so I've been around Publix before. But after being back in Northern Virginia, being around a Wegmans again, I can definitively say that Publix is better than Wegmans. Interesting. I don't really think anything's better than Wegmans, but I'll have to take your word for it. I don't think you've had brunch at the pub at at Wegmans before. Okay, well, that's fair, but that's the pub at Wegmans. That's not Wegman. Yeah, but like, have you gone through the hot bar section? Like, man, I could get a salad. Oh, there's a yes. salad section. I yes, can get I've this. gone through the hot bar section. And I didn't want to hear I've about also, that chicken tender sub at Publix. I've also, I only hear I, it. It's, the chicken tender sub isn't even the best sub. The deli in general at Publix, though, is phenomenal. And they just have more selection throughout. God, you what? southerner. <laughs> oh. And have you been to the cheese counter at Wegmans? Like, I could move in to the cheese counter at Wegmans. The cheese counter at Publix is just as good. Hey, hey, I'll stop you there. Wegmans won the award for America's favorite grocery store last year. So, Wegmans, Wegmans. I also Wegmans. just hate the Wegmans by me and you, Ryan. Oh, dude, fair. That, that place is a nightmare. Yeah, it's just it's <laughs> brutal. There's not a good time to go in there, ever. They're always crowded. I go to the the closest one to me. We don't have one in Winchester, unfortunately, but the closest one to me is Leesburg. You're not missing much. And my uh, my office is not too far from there, so I go there pretty often. It's just always crowded. That is the one annoying thing, and it takes like 100 years to get through the checkout line. Yeah. But also, I live in Winchester where there just aren't as many people in general, so like nothing takes as long out here. Like Rush hour is if you have to sit through two cycles of the stoplight <laughs> at the intersection of the, the highways, you know what I mean? So... It's just fewer people, so I'm, you know, I do get irritated when I have to stand in line forever. Actually, though, I have to say Harris Teeter is the worst for that. I feel like Harris Teeter always takes forever. Harris Teeter's overrated. Whole Foods is overrated. I completely Agreed. forgot Harris Teeter was a place. How about Aldi? Do you guys go to Aldi? 
I know people that do, and the one just opened up by us. But Oh, it's fabulous. You know, it's just Whole Foods stuff. They're owned by Whole Foods. So they take yeah. the same overpriced crap that they sell at Whole Foods, and they put an Aldi store label on it, and they sell it for, like, a third the price. See, Whole Foods is overpriced, but you can honestly taste the difference in the meat. Like, their deli meat and, like, their chicken stuff is so much yeah, better. Yeah, that than being said, Whole, Whole Foods hot bar breakfast, because we have one by, <laughs> by work. Doesn't that's suck. That's pretty good. Yeah. So I'll give credit where credit is due. Um, but one thing, uh, so I went to Target, and uh, I was it was my cousin's birthday, so we were getting him something. But I went through the candy section, and I wanted some gummy bears. And they had a three-pound bag of gummy bears oh, so for good. eight bucks. And I was like, what a steal. Do I need three pounds of gummy bears? You know, that's debatable. <laughs> yes. Yes, do you I do. Have, we all do I now do. have three pounds of gummy bears? Yes. Yes, I do. I'm going to snack on them throughout the show. If I had bought three pounds of gummy bears, I would not at this point have three pounds. I might have like 2.2 <laughs> yeah, two pounds have like of gummy bears. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that sounds delightful. I've actually been dieting since the beginning of the year, so I'm not eating sugar. And uh, gummy bears sound fantastic. So I'm fully jealous. Delicious. Oh, He's awesome. eating them right now. <laughs> I know. I can hear him. It's cruel and unusual. What a bastard. Fractious. Anyway. <laughs> what a fractious bastard. Anyways. Um, anything exciting you guys want to tell us about before we do the um, midweek in review? I had a day today. Tell me, Dad. So, excuse me, I was drinking, uh, taking a sip of water. Um, <laughs> Gotta I be o- after all those guys. <laughs> I overslept, and I was like, great. And, like, I, I get up as late as possible because I've scientifically figured out what time I can get up and still make it to work on time and leave on time. I overslept. So I was like, great. So I had to speed up some of my stuff, wasn't happy. Now I'm ready to go. I, like, haven't had my coffee yet. I lost my car keys. I'm like, where the hell are my car keys? I can't find my car keys, right? So I'm looking for my backup. I can't find my backup. Oh, I was, damn, I lost two sets of car keys. Well, this sucks. Um, and then so I'm trying to find my stuff. And I realized, oh, I can't get my work phone or my work badge on my car. They're in my car. I don't know <laughs> where my car keys are. Um, and then I was going to use someone else my family's car, but all their tires were low. I was like, fantastic. So I used someone else's car, and I'm driving to work. I was like, dang. I don't have my jacket. So I was freezing my butt off today. But then, like, I had to call my coworker to get me into the, like, actually get me in. Um, Didn't have my keys, so I couldn't really do anything. And then I had to walk all the way over to security, which is, like, a 15-minute walk. Miserable. Hated it. And I got a new badge. They didn't activate it. So I was like, are you kidding me? So then I just hid the rest of the day crying, observing all my L's, because um, it's just like that one episode of Rugrats where everything goes wrong. That was my life today. Everything went wrong. And I came home and I found my car keys and I was really upset. Where were they? Okay. They were, it was pissed me off on the freaking spot. I always have them. They were not there this morning. So someone stole them. We have a ghost and someone put them back because they were not there this morning. Lost my mind when I came home. Did you ever read the book, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day? Um, I don't read, but I know of the book. (laughs) Anyway, it was one of my favorites when I was a kid. I think I'll move to Australia. Yeah, you should check it out. It's a good book. It would be relevant to your current life experiences is all I'm saying. 
that just reminded me so l- last christmas um i gave you my sorry i had to um <laughs> the very next day oh you're the worst sorry you're the worst it was too good um but <laughs> my wife got me a tile like the you know tracking thing. oh yeah yeah i've been thinking about getting one of those and i i'm stubborn i can admit it and I didn't want to put it on my keys. Just didn't want to put it. But, you know, trying to keep the wife happy. So I just put it on my keys or whatever. Because I'm pretty good about keeping my keys. It's They're always either in my jacket pocket or on, or I have like a junk drawer in my dresser. One of two places. Always. Always, I always. I just leave them in my car. I never bring them in the house. That well, way I always know where they are. Okay. Um, well, see, we live by in like society, <laughs> so someone will steal yeah. us. Like that's not yeah. even an option. I can't tell you the last time I locked my house. I couldn't yeah. even find a house key if you asked me for one. Yeah, that's not even an option. But that's where they always are. And I remember the first time I legitimately did not know where my keys were. I like, <laughs> I pull out my phone and I try to like discreetly like press the tile button so it plays the ringtone. <laughs> and it rings right next to my wife and she's just like you know like when spongebob uh-huh. finds out quit squidward like scrabby patties like that was her face <laughs> like oh, as i'm getting my keys to like storm out of the house and i'm just she's pissed like, off yeah I'm p- pissed off that i had to use the goddamn tile to find my keys uh-huh. you know yep. apple is making their own version of those and they're probably gonna be like 500 bucks and i will buy them the very first day they go on sale. yeah and they'll have a proprietary charging system or something <laughs> Are you going to buy the uh, AirPods Max? No, I kind of like my, I like my AirPods I have now. I don't see a need for those yet. Yet. The uh, air traffic control headphones. Hmm. I don't have any AirPods, so I don't have an opinion. Well, my son bought me some for my nice birthday a couple taste. of years ago, and then I never used them, so my husband stole them from me. <laughs> So now he uses them as his running headphones, but I have not used them. Ugh, running. I know. Exactly. He's preparing for a marathon. I have great respect and no desire to join Yeah, it's him. called raising five kids. Yeah, right? That brings me back to the grocery <laughs> store story we were talking about earlier. I used to think that, like, why would anybody – when I was a kid, there were four of us, and my mom would go to the grocery store and be gone for, like, three hours. Like, what the hell is she doing? She, and now she's I have a pub at Wegmans downing mimosas. That's what she's Now doing. I have five kids, and I'm like, the, just going to the grocery store alone is, like, the most glorious thing in my entire life. So I'll go to the grocery store and meander up and down every single aisle. It's fantastic. I love the grocery store. No. Hard pass. If I get to go by myself. <laughs> Yeah, it's more when you have as many kids as I do and you try to go to the grocery store it's impossible like you put one in the front cart and you put one like in the cart and you put one like standing on the back of the cart while you wheel them around and there's no room for anything in the cart it's a completely pointless endeavor <laughs> anyway Ryan let's talk baseball can we have your midweek in review please yes you may and you're like hey it's, it's the midweek. We just had an episode. How can you have another one? It doesn't matter because the grind never stops, and we are back with more stories and some pretty big ones. Today, the MLBPA refused to sit in on the call with the league and state legislators over concern that they would be pressured to push the season back. The union announced that they are going to be having a call with state officials at a later date, but without the MLB owners. There is more pressure on the league Well, I should say on the union, Um, as senior officials at the White House have spoken and met with Major League Baseball about delaying the season at least one month. 
The White House says this will not only allow players to be vaccinated, but more fans as well. The tricky part is, though, the White House wants to use Major League Baseball stadiums as mass vaccination sites. That could be the reason why the league is pushing for the uh, start date to be pushed back a month. This will be a developing story. I'm sure we'll talk about it again next week. MLBPA says their main priority is playoff money, and they care more about that than health and safety. But players do have concerns over injuries and pitchers and delaying the season as pitchers have already begun ramping up. Andrelton Simmons says depression and thoughts of suicide led to him opting out of MLB's bubble, and he opened up, uh, opened up about his struggles with mental health. Mickey Calloway is suspended by the Angels after the athletic report. Calloway is denying all wrongdoing. And in the CBA, when a player or coach denies wrongdoing, they're suspended until, until an investigation is completed. This should be a rather short investigation as the athletic already did it, leading to his firing. The player news, Philly signed Chase Anderson to a one-year deal. The Twins signed Alex Kame to a one-year $6.5 million steal. Chris Archer, ironically, returns to the Rays on the one-year deal. Uh, Joachim Soraya signed with the Diamondbacks on the one-year $3.5 million deal. Colton Wong signs with the Brewers for a two-year $18 million deal. Nelson Cruz returns back to the Twins as well. And Felix Hernandez signed a minor league deal with the Orioles with a camp in fight. This has been your Week in Review, brought to you in part by your local neighborhood chilies. Make sure you stop on by or order pickup and get yourself the February $5 margarita of the month, the Grand Romance Margarita. Amanda can tell you what's in it because I did not correct my grammar mistake again. And this really comes with a very own limited stir stick, and it's guaranteed to be love at first sip. This has been your Week in Review. All right, so a lot, happened. a lot happened in the last couple of I days. I forgot about it's, a lot of this stuff. But I'll tell you, it kills me when you see players like Felix Hernandez like come back on a minor league deal. Just stop. It kills me. Especially like, minor league deal I know. Come on, man. But I will say we're seeing a continuation of what we talked about last time, which is so many one-year deals. There was like one two-year deal in there. But, I mean, everybody. I think with the CBA and you know uncertainty and everything that's going on, you're just seeing a lot of guys. It's February. Take a deal. And it's going to be another weird year. Yep. Um, crap, what was I going to say? There's, Oh, the, uh, well, two signings, actually. The Colton Wong signing, which, yeah, he got $9 million a year, but I feel like that was someone we could have seen the Nats mm-hmm. uh, go after because he plays gold, literally gold glove caliber defense, and that's, one area we've struggled mightily, even though he is a lefty. I'm pretty sure he's a lefty. So that he doesn't fill the right-handed bat need, but he would have would have filled a huge defensive need at second. So he's off the board for, you know, a pretty good contract, pretty reasonable contract. But the Alex Colomay one, I was like, holy hell. That was steal. Yeah, I guess Nelson Cruz didn't get his four-year deal he was looking for. Wasn't it a four-year deal he wanted? I thought that was Ozuna. I thought Cruz was only looking for two. Oh, I think yeah, it was Cruz, four. Cruz wanted two. Ozuna wants four. Yeah. Well, I guess he took a one year. But again, it's February. It's getting to that time where guys are like, I just want to have a job. Yeah, we, we literally called this last week. You know, guys are just going to start signing because they, they need a job. So yep. here the we stove, are. The I stove forgot. is hot. I, I forgot to report one. It's not from a verified reporter, but there's like multiple people did. Um, 
but it was about Bauer and saying that the Mets are like done waiting for him and the Dodgers haven't made an offer. So Bauer basically doesn't have a market. I forgot to include that in there as well. That is amusing to me. He he's just overpricing himself. He like, is. I feel like he had such a, a hot market hitter. going he, into this off season, and he's just douchebagged himself out of a job. Yeah, like is that a verb? Make, Can he, I use that as a verb? It works. It plays. <laughs> you know, he's just trying to make this bidding war when you know, like obviously there's going to be teams vying for his services, but it's just not. He's not a Garrett Cole. He's not a you know Steven Strasburg. He's probably better than Patrick Corbin, but Patrick Corbin wasn't trying to, you know, create a bidding war between, you know, two of the top spenders or whatever. Like, you know, Trevor Bauer is not worth $40 million a year. He's just no. not. No, and he's not going to get it. I think he's going to have to settle for what is a very, very good contract, but will be embarrassing for him because he has made it out to like he's going to get so much more than he's going to wind up getting i appreciate what he's trying to do for the game like you know with the marketing and the publicity yeah. and all this stuff but he took just, it way too far yeah it's way just too a little far. too much now sorry it's ryan watching everyone turn on him and his agent like everyone like liked him like ah oh, he's so great for baseball and everyone just completely turned on both of them and hates them both Right, yeah. but there's just, yeah, it's too much, like all of the talking to all the different teams' fan bases on Twitter. It's just like, come on, dude. It was funny the first time. And yeah, it was it a little bit, going. but he should have read the room as it got to be a little bit too much. Now he's way, like, jump the shark. Yeah, like it doesn't look good when he's, like, the last. We'll talk fan. more about sharks in a little while. Oh, God. Some foreshadowing. That was a nice, <laughs> that was very well done. You're Thank not you. always the smoothest with your transitions, but that was very well done. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. It would have worked better if we were actually going to talk about that next, but we're true. not. That's true. <laughs> what I want to talk about next, though, is another thing that you talked about in the midweek in review, which is the situation between the league and the MLBPA, the Players Association, is not good. Very yeah, much so like last year, they're going into this. I've Sorry, I didn't mean, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I've, I no, kind of no, like, I've kept up with all these just because I know, like, it's such a big story right now that I'm going to have to include in my week review. But my goodness, things are bad between the two sides. So, um, so basically, as it stands right now, the league wants to delay the season by a month. The league just wants to go to the 154 games, expand the playoffs, give the players everything they want, but they don't want to expand the playoffs and delay a month so the players can get vaccinated and more people can get vaccinated so they can have more people there. Um, the owners realize that they're going to get more TV money from this and they also have more people in the stands. The players don't want that. The players think there's risk and pushing back the season again, but the players also just want more playoff money and they're not, the owners aren't going to guarantee them all the playoff money. The union would counter if they knew they're going to get all the playoff money. The good news is if they don't come to a deal, that means baseball starts on time. It's interesting, though, because MLB is having talks with the White House because the White House wants to push them back because the White House wants to use their stadiums as mass vaccination sites. That's a lot of pressure on the league. You have federal officials. They've dealt with state officials before because there are some state officials who want them to push it back as well. But when you have federal pressure, that's a whole separate ballgame. So that's weird to me that they're doing like football's over everywhere except Tampa Bay, right? So in football stadiums are way bigger anyway. Why not just use football stadiums? It's most of the a lot of the same cities. Like that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Why it needs to be baseball? 
MLB is about to start its season. MLB volunteered their stadiums. <gasps> Gas. <laughs> because yeah. the owners, the owners want to push the season back. But the most striking thing is though, is that the union said the players don't trust the owners and they think Rob Manfred has too much power. What does that translate to? Lockout. Lockout. Yeah. Lock oh, yeah. I, I think I said it's like our first episode. We're on yeah. a midnight train barreling to a lockout, and it is going to get ugly. These are going to be terrible negotiations. Yeah, I think so. Too. And you know what's funny about if they volunteered their stadiums? Like, you realize they're not going to be done with vaccinations in a month, right? Like, pushing the yeah, season that's back literally in a month how it works. isn't <laughs> going to make a damn bit of difference. <laughs> it makes no sense at all. So, before we move on from this topic, and I don't want to spend too much time on this but we had tweeted out a thread yep i was that, gonna talk about that yeah there was a, a gentleman named eugene friedman uh, with whom i was not familiar until i read this thread he's a labor union lawyer and he writes about baseball labor relations in general and in response to john Heyman's tweets where john Heyman was very you know, negative on Dumb. right he was blocked by john Heyman, so couldn't retweet those but um Heyman, if you didn't see it um those of you who are listening was very negative about the fact that the the players association declined to even respond or negotiate with the owners and he went on a very good explanation um so we should tweet this out again nick i think from the main account so people can see it after they listen in case they're interested yeah you have to do everything so anyway the, the idea that i didn't really understand before reading this is that because this is a labor dispute, if the Players Association had responded with a counteroffer, that legally means they would have been reopening the negotiations and made them made renegotiating mandatory for them because they had taken a, a positive step to reopen the negotiations by sending a counteroffer. And so by declining to do that, all they did was leave the CBA, which is already something everyone has agreed to, in place. So I don't understand these people who are trying to demonize the Players Association for just wanting to play under the negotiated agreement they already have and not renegotiate things on the fly. There's already a new CBA negotiating, negotiation coming up next year. There's no reason for them to reopen it right now. Things are crazy enough with COVID. I don't understand why the league thinks we should keep renegotiating the damn CBA every single year before the season starts. Like, there are times when the CBA expires and that's when you renegotiate them. So I don't understand why the league keeps trying to do this. And I don't understand why anybody thinks the players association is under some sort of obligation to renegotiate their, their labor agreement that yeah. they've been playing under. Yeah. Beyond the, uh, you know, the wanting to push back the season for not even so that everyone's safer. They, the owners want to do it. Like Ryan said, just because they get more fans in the stands and it's more money for them. That's the only reason they're, they're going to do it. But beyond that is it's all about framing the players in a negative light. The MLB has, they're going to say they graciously sent out offers and they're, they're conceding all of the, the players uh, associations requests and all this stuff just for one month, just to make it safer, blah, blah, blah. But really that's not what it's about. It's all coordinated. It's all calculated just to frame the players in a negative light and what people need to understand and what really wasn't reported until I, Amanda, what was his name? Uh, Friedman. Friedman. I just and, and, just... Yeah, until he really um, tweeted out that Friedman. thread. Yeah. Tweeted out that thread, which is phenomenal. It really explains it. Well, the players, their only like leverage is to not counter offer. That's what needs to be understood here because if they don't do anything, like Amanda said, 
everything just goes on as planned as we normally you know what expect right, we play a normal season right. yeah like w- at the end of the last episode you know we kind of got a little late breaking news about spring training and whatnot you know if nothing happens if the players don't accept an agreement if they don't counter everything goes on as planned we're not this isn't like last year where a season's going to be mandated the the season will go on like normal so that's what everyone needs to understand but yeah, Ryan literally said this episode one, we are going to have a lockout and we are not playing 162 games next year. And it's not because they're going to shorten what a regular season is. It's going to be bad. It's going to carry into the season and affect the entire season. And I just hope Manfred gets out on, gets put out on his ass as a result of the fact that this is, we can all see this coming a mile away. That, he called it three years ago. Yeah, I know, a million miles away. But yeah, and, and do go check out that thread. Like I said, we'll tweet it out again. Um, for me, anyway, it was really, um, I really appreciated the succinct and clear explanation of what was going on in layman's terms, because mm-hmm. it's a very complicated process, a very complicated topic. So it was really good to, you know, get a chance to kind of see it from the perspective of a labor lawyer who can explain it from the perspective of the employees, not from the perspective of the owners who really have the bully pulpit here and are able to kind of put out, you know, they, they can put out the press releases and all the things that they want people to think about it. And I just, it's going to be a normal season because they declined to respond. It's not like they're declining to respond means we're not going to play baseball. It just means baseball is going to go on as normal for probably the last year because next year is going to be a train wreck. Anyway, probably enough on that topic, but we will get to more of that, I'm sure, in the next episode. Sorry, I was eating more gummy bears. Oh, you're the worst. (laughs) All right, let's talk a little bit about some new stories that were, I guess, all, at this point, former Nationals. Um, John Doolittle signed a one-year deal with the Reds, making official what we all knew when Brad Hand was signed, which is that he was not coming back to the Nats. Beloved by the fans, both him and his wife, Erin, um, really awesome people, certainly will be missed here in D.C., but um, I think that was inevitable and we all knew it was coming. Yeah. Yep. Um, I always, it blows me his wife's name is Erin. It's just not. Yeah, me, I always want to say Arianne. Yeah, yeah I Irene. thought so too, but then I heard somebody say it once and I looked at it. I was like, oh, that is just Aaron, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I'm I'm, pl- I'm proud he got the major league deal, was not expecting him to. Um, he just he meant a lot to his team. He was an absolute rock when they got him. He also loved this city, which I appreciated. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he did, really he and did they didn't lot. want to leave Oakland and really, though, threw themselves into the city and and really became part of it and it's going to be tough to see him go they really were an awesome awesome two people to have here associated with the team and in the city and it sucks that things couldn't have worked out differently but you know our his struggles are well documented with the velocity and the the fastball issues and hopefully he can turn it around we wish him he, nothing but he the best. Not sad but great guy and the fact that his last appearance for the nats after everything he's meant to the team was like injured and limping off the field yeah it was bad in an empty stadium you know what i mean it's just a terrible way for it to end that's what we were talking about with hudson and you know zim like we don't want that memory of them and it sucks that we have that memory of doolittle obviously we're going to appreciate doolittle for everything he did and everything he meant but 
you can't just erase, you know, that that end, which was really, really bad. And, yep. you know, we, we didn't wish that for him, but we still wish him the best. It sucks, too, just in general. This kind of brings back to me the fact that, like, we never really got to celebrate that World Series victory and now, and now it's and now far it enough in the like, past that it doesn't feel yeah. new anymore you know what i mean like yeah. the shine is worn off of it and i don't know it just it just sucks and as much as it sucks for us as fans can you imagine how much it sucks as a player to never have gotten that standing ovation from your fans and to raise your banner and have that moment and it's just i'm yeah. sure they're going to bring everyone back at some point which i hope so that would be that would be awesome yeah but yeah as it as to overuse a word it just sucks <laughs> there's no getting around it COVID has, you know, there are way worse things that have come from COVID, but that's certainly on the list. All right. Uh, Daniel Murphy, another fantastic former Nat, retired this week. Um, you know, he, when he was here two years, he was just phenomenal right after his renaissance as a hitter and Mets killer, which was always fun to watch when he was tormenting his former team. Daniel Murphy is a lesson for every single one of my fellows listening to this. It's okay to be someone's fourth or fifth choice, fellas. You are a diamond <laughs> in the rough. You are fantastic. Just because you're not someone's first choice doesn't mean anything. It's okay. Shout out to Daniel Murphy, the greatest backup, 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 backup plan. There that was a weird offseason. <laughs> yeah, it was. Aren't they all weird, though, if you get down into the minutia of them enough? Got Brandon Phillips blocking a trade to the Nats. Um, oh, Zobra yeah. said the locker room was terrible. Yep. Yeah. And then we got Adam freaking Eaton. Like, you know, that certainly helped the locker room. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I I love Daniel Murphy. It was awesome for this few years he spent here. Uh, but, you know, a slight part of me was happy this happened because I was afraid the Nats were going to have a reunion with him, which I uh, didn't really want. So, Speaking of reunions <laughs> and sharks. Uh, just breaking in the last hour before we recorded, Gerardo Parra back with the Nats on a minor league contract, I will point out. So he's not necessarily taking that 40th spot on the roster, um, but he's a non-roster invitee to spring training. So there is at least a little bit of baby shark in our future, I feel certain. That's my he reaction. Has, no, he has that, nothing that, to say. That is no. I am... <laughs> If he, if this, if this is their move to get him onto the 40th, to the 40 man roster, he's the 40th spot, there's going to be issues. I'm going to be absolutely furious. If he makes if they the wanted tw- that, they could have just put him on the roster. Okay. No, 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 it's no. The that, that would have been, you know, too public. They had exactly. to make it, they had to frame it like he earned it. They're going to, they're going to do it like 3am or some shit. And I'm going to wake up in a cold sweat and like, Oh my God, it's happening. Okay. If he makes the roster, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. Cause he's what the fifth outfielder right now. I'm going to lose my mind. Don't want them any, it, I don't want them anywhere near it. Tired of it. And I get so triggered when people are like, his energy is why this team that was absolutely. Oh, have you yeah. seen FP's tweets? Oh this my evening. God. FP shut up. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my goodness! in baseball. <clears throat> oh, stop it! No, I, I actually mean that. And there's literally rankings that confirm that. You know, Bob and FP are consistently ranked 30th or below. Um, or below. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, but for me, instance, I have the top 29, and then I have you know 
Joe Buck on a bad day. And then I have, you know, uh, my local high school sports announcer. And then I have Bob and FP. Um, oh, my goodness. So sometimes they are below. Um, Speaking of things that are below, don't we have a... Uh... You were on fire with your transitions today. <laughs> that was well done. Thank you very much. Time for the Manscaped ad read, guys. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, I'm I'm really upset that I, I ruined that smooth transition. But speaking of smooth, fellas, we talked about <laughs> nice. the lawnmower 3.0, every man's best friend. And just like you need a best friend, you also need a wingman. And I understand not all you fellas have a wingman as good as Ryan. So you need a new wingman. And this wingman is the refined Manscaped clone. It is awesome. It's light, approachable, gentlemanly in all the right ways. It is your wingman for the night to keep you fresh and ready for anything. Because, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But you always need to be prepared. And plus, who doesn't like smelling good? So... Half Street High Heat has got you covered. Use promo code HSHH20 for 20% off and free shipping on this wonderful smell good, feel good cologne on manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping. Use promo code HSHH20. Get yourself ready for Valentine's Day. Don't wait till the last minute because, you know, COVID has uh, messed up some shipping time. So as soon as you're listening to this, don't wait. Press order. Get yourself set up. Don't be that guy that waits till the last minute and then is behind and you stop at the gas station for flowers and whatever. Get yourself ready now, and we can help you do that. HSHH20 today. And speaking of Manscaped, it's time for the Manscaped draft of the week. And this week, we guys are going to do... Sorry, fam is on my computer. And this week we are going to do a draft of breakout players on the Washington Nationals. I believe we're going to be doing two players each. And I'm ahead of myself. I already did the random list generator. And our draft order is going to be Nick with the number one overall pick. Oh, Amanda's going to have the second pick. And I'm going to bring it Ugh. home with pick number three. I hate the middle spot. Yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> this All is right. tough. Because for a breakout, I can go with the popular pick, and that's probably Victor Robles. Um, but I've also been, uh, you know, on the cab the caboose is the front of the train, right? Or is that the back? That's the back. The oh, engine's shoot. at the front. Yeah. I've been on the engine of the train saying Robles is a bust. So it would be quite hypocritical of me to draft Robles. I obviously wish that he would break out. So I would love to be wrong in that stance, but you know, I'm very rarely ever wrong. So um, I can't take Robles. I don't have faith in Keyboom. So those are two of the more popular picks. So instead I'm going to pivot to a guy I know is going to get an opportunity, which is key here. They have to have the opportunity to break out. He's well rested. And I've been a stand at this guy for years and years and years. And I'm hoping that 2021 is the year he finally puts it together and that is joe ross mm -hmm. i love me some joe ross i am hoping you know with some new pitching coaches and some time off he finally was able to develop a strong third pitch because that's really what's been hindering him to this point but we've seen flashes and we know he's going to get the opportunity as at least the fifth starter and maybe even you know higher up 
if God forbid Strauss isn't ready or anyone else gets injured, Joe Ross is going to have the opportunity and he is my number one pick for a breakout guy for 2021. I like it. Uh, you know, last we saw of him, he was making that fantastic spot start for Max in the World Series. And uh, yeah, he was on my list, but I had a feeling he would be gone before I got to him. So I'm going to go, I'm going to stick with pitchers, but I'm going to go to the bullpen here. And I'm kind of torn between two guys that I think both may have breakout years this year. But I'm going to go with the maybe less popular pick and go Kyle Finnegan. Who I like looked, that. That was OPT's uh, dark horse, too. Oh, yeah. Well, I just think he had, a, he had a really good year last year and a really disappointing season. He was a bit of a bright spot. Um, a couple of numbers I looked up here in preparation for our draft. So uh, 292 ERA last year in 25 appearances. He had 27 strikeouts in 25 appearances. So over, you know, one strikeout per inning. Um, only two, let's see, gave up two homers, 13 walks, eight earned runs over 25 appearances. So really, really good. Um, I, I just think he looked really ready. I mean, he was just a really impressive first at showing for him last year. And I am really eager to see what he can do this year with hopefully a normal spring training and plenty of preparation. And uh, I think he's going to, I think he's going to impress. Also important for him is there's not going to be the pressure. Because right. you have Rainey, Hand, Hudson, and Harris. Right, you're down the you're down for, the list. Yeah, so he's gonna pitch, you know, in the fifth, sixth inning when we're up a lot or down a lot, mm -hmm. or if a pitcher is just like spent. That and he's gonna mm -hmm. get those mid innings with not as much pressure. So he'll have good opp opportunities. And maybe as well. a few, yeah, like you said, opportunity is key. And maybe some late inning work on days where the bullpen's gassed and your closers pitched three days in a row or something. And you know, you've got you need a guy to step up that he'll he'll get some low pressure opportunities and then maybe every once in a while a higher pressure opportunity to show what he can do. So I have high hopes for Finnegan. And just to establish, Tanner Rainey has already broken out, right? Uh, no, he's on my list. So All right. <laughs> I, I thought he had already broken out, but okay. I'd say it, it was a partial breakout, but there's there's room. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right, Ryan. Whew. Yeah, so I'm going Tanner Rainey. Um, he, was, he was my other reliever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you no, did kind of um, just throw that out there. <laughs> I mean, I was going to take. I was going to take him regardless. <laughs> yeah. He's like he's like the obvious pick. Um. He struggled a little bit in 2019. That was like his coming out party, though. He did have a good year, but he had a whip of 1.5. Last year, he had a fantastic year. That whip went from 1.5 to 0.73. It's a 2020 season. That was a Mickey Mouse year. Can he do it in a full season? I say yes. Now that he does not have to be the guy in the bullpen, they have Brad Hand now, who's going to help be that guy. I think this year he solidifies himself as an elite reliever and he takes that big jump again and he has a fantastic season. So I think he breaks out and has an ERA under two because you know what? It's not just breakout. It's bold. It's bold. We're bold, baby. And that's how I do it. So I'm going Tanner Randy with an ERA, ERA under two this season in a whip below 0.8. Again. And before you give us your next pick God. i want to say one thing that jumped out at me when i was looking up 
Tanner Rainey to do this. His walk rate in 2019 was 17.8%, and it went down to 9.3% in 2020. So whatever adjustments he made, hopefully we're going to see a continuation of that into the 2021 season. But he was really, really good. He did have that injury last year, so hopefully he's fully recovered from that. But I am definitely excited to see what he brings this season. Yeah, he definitely displayed more control of his pitches, which obviously helps with a lower to walk yep. rate. All right. Who's next, Ryan? Can I do a prospect or no? Yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because I'm like, I'm looking at the I almost put one of them on here, too. Well, not if you take mine. <laughs> oh, do you have a prospect, too? What was the guy's name? I didn't put him on my list. I'm, but I I'm, I'm like prospect. looking at the 40-man roster, besides it being gross. Um, so I'm going to go prospect because, one, I think he does – show up in the big leagues at some point this year. And I also think that he slides you. up the top 100 board quite a bit this year. And I am going Cade Cavelli as my second. Oh. I'm not going the other guy. I am going Cade Cavelli. He's the only prospect in the top 100 the Nats have at 99 because that's how this arms is meant. Um, I think he has a really dominant year in the minors, slides up the top 100 prospect list, and potentially comes up this season. So I'm going Rainey and Cavelli as my top two. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't hate it. So you took Joe Ross, who was the other one I liked the most. I, I want to go Key Boom because I want him to have a breakout year, but I'm just not so sure about that. So I'm going to go Josh Bell, who I know people would say he already had his breakout year in 19, but he hasn't really shown anything since that first half of 19. And Everybody's kind of waiting to see who he's going to be this year. So I'm going to say maybe he doesn't quite return to that form, but I think he's going to be a whole lot better than he was in the weird year last year and uh, that he's going to have a season that more resembles that first half of 2019 than resembles 2020. I think he's already broken out, but I see where you're going. Yeah, I mean, I think it plays because – like, we've been calling for a Trey Turner breakout, and he's been in the league for, like, five Right. If we now, can so. call for a Trey Turner breakout, I think <clears throat> Josh Bell's fair. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that's fine. Uh, but, obviously, he would have to have sustained and significantly better numbers. So, the, the bar is higher for a breakout, I guess. Yeah, because he's already had but, a significant breakout before. So, you kind of right. have to, to call it a breakout. Same thing with Tanner Rainey. Like, I would 100%, like Ryan predicted, if Tanner Rainey has an ERA sub 2 and a whip sub yeah. 0.8, that is a break. What was two so six six that, last year? So I mean, sub two is a little bit crazy, but not that crazy. But um, point being, that would be a, a breakout. So it plays. Yeah. Um, we go bold, baby. This is true. This is true. Uh, I have to wrap up this draft, and I think it's funny that this entire draft is going to go without selecting Ropeless or Kibum. And uh, it's funny, but I'm also proud of us because we're being realistic. Amanda's the homer of the group, and she didn't go homer. And, you know, that, that, that's growth. We, we love growth on this podcast. Yes. Um, if only Carter Keyboom or Victor Robles would show some, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, God. This is tough. So I want to go – I honestly want to go Andrew Stevenson. Oh. I think – I like that one. He would have like a nice, solid, you know, safe bar 
where people could consider it a breakout. My one concern is I don't know that he's going to get the opportunity. Yes, I was just about to say that. If opportunity <clears throat> is key, he's not going to get enough out If we had the maybe. DH, I would be much more content taking him. But without the DH, I'm a little skeptical. And this is draft and I want to win. So I'm going to go uh, follow Ryan's footsteps a little bit, but also back up my bold prediction that I've been saying for a couple weeks now, pick Jackson Rutledge because I think he gets called up before Cavalli. So he's going to have first crack and granted he could struggle and Cavalli could get a, get a shot. I mean, we saw it with Soto Robles situation or Giolito and Lopez. Like we saw them come up at the same time. Granted it was for showcasing for trades, but it's happened before, but I think Rutledge will get first crack at it. And he, according to my bold prediction is going to have significant innings on this team and ooh, excuse me, coughing up gummy bears. Um, <laughs> uh, I will just for some numbers, I'm going to say a three, five ERA and a whip just above one, just a smidge above one. Did you guys have anybody on your list? We didn't pick just Steve-O. I, I thought about Ben Bramer I was like, let's go bold, baby. Um, but I also thought about Cuban Robles, but I just think Cuban sucks, so I just couldn't get myself to do it. Yeah. I thought about John Lester. Maybe he would have a... Are you kidding me? <laughs> Not a breakout. I'm saying breakout. <laughs> I guess we're defining it differently. Mine is, can he be better than he has been recently? Like, for me, Breaking a breakout news. would be more than all... you're expecting from someone. A you know Hall I mean? of Fame pitcher is going to have a breakout Three season. Three-time well, World <laughs> Series champion, John Lester. I'm saying if the definition no, I, is somebody who's going to give you a lot more than you're expecting out of them. So my hope is that Lester's going to come and impress. It is funny. I thought that's why I didn't do it. But I did think about it, like, as a... We're not expecting much. At least it didn't sound like you guys were expecting much when we signed him. So if you have low expectations and somebody far exceeds them, then I think that counts as a breakout, even though it's an, you know, unusual. It would have been a a very, a very, I feel like every draft you try to push the the limit of what's acceptable. I know it's fun, isn't it? Annoying. (laughs) You're annoying. Shut up. All right, let's move on to our Twitter questions. We've got, looks like three questions tonight. We've got uh, Jay Burrow SA says, what happens if Zimmerman carries a 200 average into the All-Star break? Are the Nats prepared to release him if they are in the hunt? That's a good question. Um, So, I was just going to say, Zim carrying a 200 average is something, or it's not like something we haven't seen before. That's about what, you know, we expect. Um, and also the Nats won't be in the hunt, so he's not going anywhere. I think they would sooner have a phantom injury and put him off the roster that way, get him off. Oh, it won't even have to be phantom. He'll he'll (laughs) stub his toe running the first and like be out for 60 years. Wow. The honeymoon of how important Ryan Zerman is to this franchise didn't last long with you two, did it? (laughs) No, I mean, he. I feel like he knows his role in terms of franchise. Yeah. He's not going to play much, but I guarantee you he's going to hurt his toe somehow this season. Well, and that's the thing. If they're really in the hunt and they really need the roster spot, I, I do think they'll find he's a gonna way. He's going to get Matt Adams and just not be active for games. Well, it's hard to argue with that, but I guess we'll see. But I would say no, they won't release him. They would never let his time with the Nats end that way. But No, I they won't. If they needed the roster spot, I think they would come up with some other creative way to make it happen. But release them, I cannot see that. No, they would just, I think, 
I think it happened with David Wright where they brought him back. The season wasn't over yet, but he was playing just on a Saturday at home and they brought him back and he played his couple innings and then he retired. It'll be like a mid-season retirement is how they would do it. Yeah, I could see that. I could not see them ever releasing him. I just, there's no way they're going to do that to Zimmerman. No. Okay, next question is from at NC, who says, will Strauss bounce back in 2021? Who the hell knows? We haven't heard a damn thing. Sure shit, hope so. I mean, will Strauss be healthy is the real question. It is, and I still, like I said, I have lodged my concern level about the fact that we've heard literally nothing about Strauss the entire offseason is in my concern grows by the day I feel like we should see videos of him throwing at his at his house or at wherever he's working out or something you know what I mean yeah like there should be some word about oh he's doing great he's on track like all the things you hear about other players all the time and the fact I that I feel we've like heard there's nothing. gonna even when he does come back there's gonna be some serious rust yeah I don't know. I am greatly concerned about Strauss. And if he's healthy and the injury is good, I still think it's going to take him some time to round into form because it's been so long. But I don't know. I I think it's very, very weird, even for the Nats, that we have heard nothing about Strasburg. And even when we interview people and we ask them, have you heard anything about Strauss? They say, not a word. And people who are, you know, obviously way better connected to the team than we are. So I don't know. Uh, We have sources. So yeah, don't sell us short. Fair enough. Okay. Last question is from at Nats underscore Terps. Best margarita at Chili's. The is answer that even is a all question? of them. Is that even a question? You know what they're going to say if you are a listener of this podcast. Starts with a frozen, ends with a margarita, middle name strawberry. Frozen strawberry margarita, baby. First name frozen, last name berry. Um, yeah, the frozen strawberry margarita, hands down. But I will say last year, the Hearts on Fire during Hearts February fire. was fantastic. Didn't they had, have a sorry, didn't they have a berry one too? Um, yes, it was in It's like a mixed berry one. That one was really good too. It was the berry blitz and Rita in December. Oh, maybe that's the one I didn't have. But anyways, Amanda's answer also plays all of them. Yeah, they are all good. And is there such a thing as a bad margarita? I mean, probably. No. But they're they're like pizza. Even yeah. bad pizza is still pretty good. Like Anything even a bad margarita is still pretty good. Wow, we're gonna start start violent. Applebee's oh, chilies sucks. and Applebee's. I am calling for everyone. It started. <laughs> I'm just gonna start spreading lies. That's it. And we're all just gonna storm Applebee's with Chili's gear. We're going to like <laughs> show up with Chili's menus and Chili's food and just put all the Chili's food in the kitchen so everyone at Applebee's knows what real food tastes like because Chili's is that much better than Applebee's. Except for Applebee's does have cool Long Island iced tea, especially for a dollar. But Chili's is so much better. Well, speaking of Chili's gear, we're going to do one more great segue here. Um, if you guys haven't already visited the Half Street High Heat shop at Tee Public, please make sure that you do that. There's lots of awesome gear there. Um, really excited. One of the many announcements we made this week was that the shop has been launched. So you can get yourself a Shack shirt. You can get yourself a Half Street High Heat logo t-shirt. You can get them on sweatshirts, baby clothes, mugs, stickers, masks, anything you're looking for. We've got lots of great designs. So please do make sure to check it out. Um, Like all of our Twitter handles and the YouTube channel link and all of the other things, they are in the pinned area of 
the at Half Street High Heat Twitter account. So please be sure to visit. We'd really appreciate it. You guys got anything else before we get out of here? Website. It's coming soon. Yes, we haven't talked about it yet because it's not quite ready, but we're very close to launching the website. Um, all this information will, of course, be available there, as well as um, a blog that we're going to be um, starting. We've got our three new blog contributors coming on board, so we're super excited for all the new stuff that's going on, and we'll be sure to get you guys more information as soon as we can. All right. You guys good? I think we're good. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow when we do our third episode of the week. <laughs> You're just going to hear from us every day. Yep. All right, everybody, thanks for take listening. <laughs> Taking over the world. First, first the podcast, then YouTube, then the website, then the world. That's the order that you have to do it. <laughs> I mean, it seems easier if you just take over the world and then you have everything under it. But, you know, to each his own. God, always just wanting to start at the end. Anyways, thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. Uh, we will be back with you next week. We'll have a new episode on Tuesday and then another one on Thursday. So you'll be getting them twice a week from here on out. Um, if you have any questions, you guys want to interact with us, please do. We'll get the um, breakout player draft posted um, in the next day or so so you guys can vote and tell us who you would have chosen and how we're wrong. We always look forward to that. So have a great night. We will talk to you guys soon. Sorry, I gotta get some gummy bears. <laughs> Later. There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team's mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals are smashing balls, so that the commentator who has the calls has passed the wall to see you. Later. Let's go, Nats. We've got a game to play. We're gonna By the early light of dawn, well you can see they're running scared Cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are bursting in the air Tell the Library of Congress that they might not want to look Cause we're putting curly W's in every book Let's go Nats We've got a game to play, we're gonna win today Let's go to book flights and hotels. 
All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.